the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on The Answer San Diego app and radio.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. That does not sound much like me. Uh, yes, well, the guests are taking over the talk shows, just like the lunatics are taking over the asylum in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. My name is Brian Maloney, and you've heard me as a guest on this program over the years quite a lot. I mean, sometimes just about once a week. And I first got involved in talk radio almost 30 years ago, believe it, it was about 1993. I've been a big believer in what talk radio can do for all of that time. So it's a real thrill. And thanks to Andrea for the opportunity. We've got DJ Potato Skins. Who, uh, do people know your real name or, or is this a uh, secret? And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. It will include and across the board. DJ Potato Skins. Yes, it's kind of a catchy uh, handle, Brian. People definitely know my name. I'm uh, I'm Noah for the uh, my alter ego. Ah, uh, okay. So you are okay. So alter ego. All right. Well. So and she refers to me as uh, something like spicy fried chicken. So Andrea pretty much has a nickname for everybody. And it involves it food, like, usually. Yes, it always involves food. So, <laughs> so that's she keeps it light. She keeps it fun, which is great. So a pleasure to be here. One eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. If you'd like to join the program tonight, one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Here on the Answer San Diego. And so of all the nights, Andrea, for you to take off, I mean, you left me with one of the best possible scenarios, and that is after 60-something days, Joe Biden finally holds a press conference. Do you know that if you go back through history, most presidents had had one within a week or two, some within a day or two. The average president has done a couple of press conferences a month. This president, it took a lot of pressure to get even this to occur. It was heavily scripted and staged. He had a little picture book with photos of the reporters and the order they were seated in, a little, like a little sticker book in front of him. Pictures of that have circulated on Twitter tonight uh, and so that he could figure out who to call on. And even with the scripting, even with the questions thrown out in advance uh, and, and carefully worded and, and him having to refer to a script to read the answers, it still was full of gaffes. And and just general Joe Biden weirdness. Uh, st- I don't know where to begin, except that the probably the most hilarious moment was Joe Biden saying, yes, I'm definitely running again in 2024 uh, with Kamala as my VP. I mean, I, I chuckled I, out loud when I heard that, Brian. Well, and I'm sure even, you know, the small little group of reporters that were there. 
Uh, you know, Trump did an average of two of these a month uh, throughout his presidency. That's This has all been chronicled going back uh, 100 or more years uh, of different presidents. So, yeah, so that was uh, uh, hilarious. I mean, I don't know how anyone in the room could have kept a straight face because I don't think this guy will be president in a month. I mean, if he hangs, I know he's going to hang in there as long as possible. My prediction you know, was I, always May. Yeah. May. I mean, it's looking more and more like this will be an extremely short presidency and it will. And, and part of the issue here, and if Republicans had any sense at all, which, of course, we know they don't, uh, they would be exploiting the fact that there are really two competing presidential ones a would be presidential regime and one is currently in power and, you know, exploit the, the fact that these regimes. Stand by. We're actually going to have Brian rejoin us with the miracle of electronics. His line into the studio has cut out, so we'll be reconnecting here very shortly. Just go ahead and stay tuned. I'm actually going to take us to an early commercial break. I am DJ Potato Skins here on the Andrea K Show, and we'll get reconnected with Brian and continue the talk about what was going on with the press conference and President Joe Biden and so much more. It's ahead on the Andrea K Show. Stay tuned right here. More coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Who is Jim Eagle? <laughs> Just one of many baffling moments in today's Joe Biden press conference, the first one after 60-something days uh, as president. Welcome back to the Andrea Case Show on The Answer San Diego with Brian Maloney filling in tonight. one 1170 if you'd like to join us, and I'd love to talk to you. You've heard me as a guest over the years, and it was a true honor that Andrea, who calls me, I think, spicy fried chicken or something like that, as opposed to DJ Potato Skin. And just got to keep uh, that picnic coming, Brian. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, we need to make up some new nicknames. So as you call in, we will make up a food-related nickname for you. Now, that's Andrea's job, so we'll let her do that. Again, one 888 1170 So Jim Eagle uh, is something I think I've never heard of in my life. So we're going over a list of weird gaffes from this press conference, and one of them, and this is courtesy of Breitbart, they came up with a list of the top five. And one of them was he was attacking election integrity bills being considered in states like Georgia. By the way, Governor Brian Kemp just signed that bill today. Uh, and another bill that is very similar in Michigan that hopefully will prevent some of what went terribly wrong in November 2020. I don't think it's going to be enough to salvage Brian Kemp, but we'll talk about that more a little bit later in the hour. But he thinks these election integrity bills are sick. That was his quote. It's sick. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. So that's what he said. Jim, who's Jim Eagle? I, I don't know. So uh, reporters were left baffled by some of these remarks, and there were so many of them. 
one of the weirdest. I mean, again, this talk. <laughs> Andrea, thanks for letting me fill in tonight. This is great stuff. I mean, talk about having ammo, the low-hanging fruit to pick. Uh, at one point, Biden was asked if he was going to run for re-election in 2024, and he said yes, he would, which is just unimaginable. In the past, he said it would be a one-term presidency. I don't think anyone believes he will be president much longer. I don't care what side of the fence that you're on. Uh, so Biden on Trump, this is another quote, my predecessor. Oh, God, I missed him. So he actually said this is a quote that he missed. He missed Trump. Uh, so I, mean, I just maybe it was sarcastic. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? I wouldn't have gone there. I don't know. Offer him a position in your cabinet, Joe. I'm all for it. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> at another point, he suffered a brain freeze. And by the way, I've got some audio on this. I'm going to play a little bit later in, in the hour as well, because some of the quotes are just where he gets caught in the middle of the uh, thought. And, you know, we all do this sometimes. I mean, there to some extent, uh, that's going to happen. A certain amount of it can be excused. I think it's the extent to which during a scripted event with everything right in front of you, that you still have these moments that seem to go on uh, in radio. We would call that dead air in a way that is very, very uncomfortable. So the bottom line here is, look, the White House knew that this isn't an event that they were looking forward to. And despite weeks of planning, um, you know, went off about as well as it could. But if you're, you know, the Harris regime waiting to take over, you are absolutely ecstatic at what went on today because all it does is increase the amount of chatter about how soon she'll take over as president. And then it becomes an office pool kind of betting situation as to which day it happens. I don't think this guy has another month. Uh, I, I just do not think he is projecting the kind of competence that is necessary. And her team knows that everybody in Washington knows it. The media is having a tougher and tougher time covering for it at this point. And as a result, the inevitable will occur. But the problem is, if you're Joe, and I, I don't know why his wife allowed any of this to happen. I, it's been undignified to subject Joe to this, knowing that he wasn't competent to be president. I kind of feel and bad for him, know, Brian. What's that? I said I kind of feel bad for him. Well, I do, too. I don't hate the guy in this situation. He is just someone who should not have been placed in this role. He is not the Joe Biden that has been known. And I'm not saying I was ever a fan. I wasn't. But the bottom line here is this is not the guy that uh, that we have known. I mean, he's been in political office almost since, uh, you know, the time I was born. And I'm not, you know, a teenager anymore. Um, The bottom line here is that uh, in all of that time, he has been known for certain things. I mean, he certainly has not been someone who just signs the most extreme left radical legislation that's put in front of him. He was not that way as a senator. Maybe at times he was, but not for the most part. So, I mean, this isn't him in any way, shape or form. He just seems to be there to listen to what's in his earpiece, follow what it says, uh, and then turn around and sign on the dotted line. And that's it. And putting him out there in front of people in any other way requires so much prep work that it it just inevitably it is going to fall apart. So if you'd like to uh, phone in tonight, the number is one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy here on the Andrea K Show and the Answer San Diego one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. And I would love to hear your take on this press conference today because I know you most certainly have one. 
uh, and and I would love to hear all about it. Even NBC News saying NBC News senior political analyst Jonathan Allen saying that President Joe Biden sounded and looked tired during the first press conference of his administration. And that was Jonathan Allen tweeting that out uh, earlier this evening. So, I mean, he, you know, and that's that's the group that's on his side. So when you're starting to lose them, I think in particular, another moment that really fell flat was attempting to blame the border crisis on Trump. Uh, when we all know, everyone on all sides know that the reason why we're having a surge, why we have more kids in cages than ever, is because he opened up the border. And whether he took a physical action, I mean, or it just became the idea that everybody knows they can now come here and get right through. And for some reason, they're wearing Biden T-shirts, which we still don't know where those came from. Uh, the bottom line here is that uh, I don't think anyone believes that to be true. And his own administration is contradicting him on this. He's also saying, well, in particular, where they're contradicting him, the Homeland Security Secretary saying that this is one of the greatest surges in a long time. He's trying to say, no, we get this surge every single year around this time. For Why around this time of year? I'm not sure what was meant by that, but that was another part of this. So trying to blame Trump, and I don't think that, is something that anybody buys because we know that border security was tight under Trump. So that is not the way to go with this. Where this went off the rails even more, I think, is in response and one of the few times that the media actually pressed him with follow-ups was ABC News, an ABC News reporter pressing him on the kids in cages. Hey, when can we see the kids in the cages? You know, we've been allowed to see one facility, a carefully scripted kind of an event. Uh, the rest of it is off limits. I mean, to the point where you had to have a Democratic congressman leak those photos of what is going on inside those detention facilities with incredible overcrowding, the likes of which are unimaginable. We have thousands of kids coming over the border that are testing positive. In fact, we have numbers on that that are scary. I'm going to go over those in a few minutes, but we have thousands of confirmed coronavirus cases in these kids that are coming over. We also have those who are in the horrible position of having to oversee these detention facilities that are, again, the kids in cages that were supposed to end, uh, you know, at the end, remember, uh, you know, in November, well, at least the kids in the cages will be gone. And now we have more than we've ever seen in our lifetime. So whether they're kids in chipping containers or in holding pens or whatever you want to call it, the bottom line is there are more kids in these facilities now than ever before. And you've got one agent uh, responsible for four to 500 kids. They are penned according to height and age and different factors. And there are, you know, a hundred of them in, in one little pen and a hundred in another. And they have all kinds of illnesses uh, and, and things like head lice. And I mean, you name it, they, everything uh, under the sun. And there's absolutely no one to provide the adequate care. We're also hearing they're not getting enough food. So we have had senators like Ted Cruz say, hey, you know, we need openness and transparency here. Uh, the fact is you can't keep this covered up forever. More leaks will occur. We saw that James O'Keefe of Project Veritas was also the recipient of another leak of photos. So between the two, we've had kind of a bipartisan leaking going on where some of these photos are going out. And it's getting harder and harder for Silicon Valley social media outlets to suppress this. So, I mean, we, <laughs> this is going to get really, really difficult for them. Basically, Biden created this problem 
needlessly. Let's say you're an open borders kind of person. Let's say you are someone who just can't wait to let in. By the way, Gallup, Gallup saying uh, that they have data that shows based on their polling, they are able to ascertain that 45 million people from Latin America imminently desire to come to the United States, 45 million people. So if the floodgates are truly opened, 45 million people are heading over the border as soon as possible. Where are we going to house 45 million people? You think our housing shortage looks bad now? Wait until then. Where are you going to have schools for 45 million people? How are you going to feed 45 million people? Where will there be jobs uh, at a time after uh, coronavirus where there are going to be jobs for 45 million people? How are you going to have a $15 an hour minimum wage uh, at the same time that, uh, that you're going to have 45 million people suppressing wages because they're willing to work for far less than minimum wage. They'll work for six, seven, eight dollars an hour, maybe five dollars an hour, maybe five dollars a day. Who knows? Just about anything. With that kind of flood coming in, that would be unprecedented in, in American history. But if word gets out that the border is truly open, we are looking at numbers that are beyond anything any American could imagine. And I don't care where you're at on the political spectrum. It's wrong to let 45 million people into this country without a cohesive plan, not to mention that it would be electoral disaster for any party involved in such a thing. And that's what's absolutely fascinating. Joe Biden saying in this press conference that he wasn't sure if the Republican Party would even exist in 2024, much less whether he would be around to run against the presumptive Republican nominee whose name you may have heard before. Uh, you know, so he wasn't sure if the Republican Party would even exist. So I don't know where he thinks the Republican Party is going. I mean, there was talk about a replacement party that we talked about a lot last year, but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere at this point. So why is it that he thinks the Republican Party won't exist? Will it be banned? Will it be made illegal? Will opposition parties still be allowed? I mean, these are great questions to ask. I would love to have been able to ask a follow-up question and ask him what the heck he meant by that. 1-888-344-1170. 1-888-344-1170. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego with Brian Maloney filling in. And what we're talking about right now is this press conference by Joe Biden today, 64 days into his presidential administration. And there were some moments that were uh, just bizarre, despite the effort to make sure everything was carefully scripted and going according to plan. But the way the tweeting is going tonight, even from people in the media that are normally on his side, uh, it's looking a little bit more on the ominous side. Makes you wonder, Brian, too, if we'll ever get a State of the Union from President Biden. Well, that's another thing. I mean, that vanished. And there was there's no talk about a State of the Union address at all, which should have already occurred, should have occurred by the end of February. And there's never been a real explanation as to why we didn't get one. So but you can see after this 60, but was about 62 minutes uh, today, you can see why there wasn't a State of the Union address. It's kind of obvious now uh, what was going on there. So 1-888-344-1170, 1-888-344-1170. So 
We are going to have some audio and some more takeaways from today's Joe Biden presidential press conference today. It's Brian Maloney filling in for Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. We'd love to hear from you. And we have much more coming up as we continue the hour here on The Answer San Diego. Again, one 344 1170 We'd love to hear from you and get your take on what occurred today. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Getting your reaction to Joe Biden's first press conference of his presidency today. This is the Andrea Kay Show and the Answer San Diego. Brian Maloney filling in for one night only. Andrea's back tomorrow. She took a night off. And, you know, they're allowed to do that. I just want you to know hosts are allowed to take the night off once in a while. And But she will be back. She misses you already, I'm I'm told. So, uh, but we would love to hear from you with your reactions to what occurred today at one 344 1170 1-888-344-1170 here on The Answer San Diego. And so we've been going through this point by point because it was an extraordinary day. I mean, there were so many strange things said, and we're going to have audio coming up of this in just a moment, uh, including some of the oddest moments. Uh, but... One, I mean, and I've already gone over, I don't know, seven or eight of of them, but he said today that he came to the Senate 120 years ago. So, I, I, you know, nobody knows if that was a joke or not. Sometimes it's hard to tell. And, you know, if he wants to make a joke, we're not going to hold that against the guy. On the other hand, with Joe, you know, if it were anyone else, you'd say, yeah, you know, he's just being funny or it's a wry sense of humor or whatever you want to say. But in this case, I mean, there are so many gaps and they're so bizarre Uh, When you're talking about Jim Eagle, uh, Jim Crow and Jim Eagle, things we've never heard of before, definitely never heard of Jim Eagle, and there's no explanation as to what he means or who that is supposed to be, I think that we end up in a a very, very troublesome place. So he has been trying to say that the numbers are uh, just like any other year in terms of uh, those coming over the border, children in particular who are not accompanied by adults, which is one of the more disturbing aspects of having open borders. Uh, but the problem is with what Joe tried to do today, and that is essentially blame Trump, who maintained a pretty tight ship on the border uh, during his presidency to try to blame him for this. I think it fell flat, especially when you consider that Biden's own Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas last week said the numbers are on pace to, on pace to be the worst in two decades. Uh, so the Border Patrol, they're looking at records dating back to 2009. They've recorded more arrests in February than all but two other months going back 12 years. So the facts back up. The problem having started under Joe Biden's watch, not certainly not being attributable to any previous president. And I think you can firmly blame the idea that the borders are somehow open. I think everyone in Latin America realizes this now. And it's not just people from Latin America who are crossing those borders. It's people coming in from all over the world who are using that 
southern border as a gateway to come in. So uh, what we have is a disaster on our on our hands that was of his own making. And even if you're an open borders kind of person, why would you want potentially as Gallup research found and reported this week, 45 million people are looking across that border as soon as they can. 45 million people. And that is based on polling they have done throughout Latin America to come up with that number. And that's just from Latin America, because remember, as I mentioned a moment ago, you've got people from other parts of the world who will use Mexico as that gateway. 1-888-344-1170, 1-888-344-1170 if you'd like to join in. And so we're going to go to clip number one. Biden asked a softball question about a nuclear North Korea. He was uh, reads his entire answer from a note card. Let's let's hear it now. We're consulting with our allies and partners, and uh, there will be uh, responses if they choose to escalate. Um, we will respond accordingly. But I'm also prepared. Uh, um, for some form of diplomacy, um, but it has to be conditioned upon the end result of denuclearization. So uh, um, that's what we're doing right now, consulting with our allies. So, you know, do you think the North Korean regime is shaking in its boots right now, uh, hearing any of this? I, I kind of doubt it. So I think that how they will respond will be how anyone in, with a regime like that would respond to weakness. one 888 here on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in on The Answer San Diego. We have Brian from El Cajon with a question. Hello, Brian. Hello. What is your, what is your take on uh, 10-3 that says um, no state without the consent of Congress uh, is going down to the so you're cutting in and out on me Brian so you have a question about about consent can you go yeah. over it again or engage in war unless actually in imminent danger as will not admit of delay yeah so I didn't get enough of your question Brian to to understand what quite where you were going with it except that if you're talking about the consent of Congress in terms of declaring war I mean problem. we have a, a president who yeah. already said they weren't going to I'm, I'm on a landline and, so and then immediately started bombing Syria and then we turn around and we have a shooting spree in Boulder Colorado uh, engaged in by a Syrian immigrant so I mean how many people are making that connection but the bottom line is Bombing other countries has consequences. Uh, it's really interesting because how the Democrats have responded to this, and even with Republican support, is to try to wrestle away that power from the White House. So obviously they're worried about Joe Biden himself uh, having the power to declare war. I'm sorry we weren't able to hear more of what you had to say, Brian, but thank you so much for uh, joining us. one 888 1170 if you'd like to uh, give us your take on today's Joe Biden press conference or anything else on your mind out of today's news. We'd love to hear that as well. Andrea K. off tonight, but back tomorrow with yours truly, Brian Maloney, filling in uh, for just one night only. And if you love and I know you love Andrea. 
she'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry about a thing. Uh, boy, so the things people will start chattering about on the Internet when someone takes a night off, I'll tell you. Just So we've been going over the list of, of guests because I think the guests are what stands out. Um, you know, and I think the fact that reporters were actually, uh, to some extent, actually pressing him a little bit on these things, which is very, very unusual because he has an extremely supportive media that is essentially at this point one and the same with the Democratic National Party. I mean, it's they're joined at the hip. So for him to get any heat means they're getting frustrated. ABC News reporter Cecilia Vega told Biden she had returned from the border yesterday and described the crowded conditions in Donna, Texas, after Biden's administration had encouraged migrants to come to the border. Vega then got two follow-ups uh, and after she asked about whether kids will be allowed to stay in the U.S., she brought up the horrid conditions at CBP facilities, leading Biden to lash out. That's a serious question, right? He said, if it's acceptable to me, come on. So it's come on, man. That's his response when you ask him a real question. And the bottom line is the Biden administration is still keeping the media out of these facilities. Uh, on the border because it does not want Americans to see the horrible conditions and the massive numbers of young people, the kids in cages that have, instead of going away with a new presidency, have expanded exponentially in an out of control situation with coronavirus spreading. And there are numbers already. So this is from Axios.com, which is hardly a conservative website. It's not in the slightest. It's actually associated with the left. Uh, nearly 2,900 minors crossing the border tested positive for COVID-19 on arrival at U.S. shelters. This is over the last year, but just in the la- just in previous uh, just in the last few weeks, they have 300 that they've documented. Remember, so many more aren't being tested at all. Most aren't being tested. So this is just what we know about. So kids in cages now means kids in in these. Uh, these mini storage units. I don't know if you've seen the picture, mobile mini storage units, uh, which is absolutely incredible. The kids are being stored in these containers, uh, but also in holding pens. And we've seen those pictures that leaked out on that as well. So 7.4% of tests given to these minors crossing without parents or family members are turning out to be positive, according to Health and Human Services. So this is This is information coming from the government. This is not speculation on our part. This is not coming from any of our news sources that they'd like to blame uh, for spreading this or that or the other. But this is the information Silicon Valley uh, social media websites do not want you to have and are trying to keep from you at all costs. 1-888-344-1170 for your thoughts, your reactions on the Andrea K. Show. Brian Maloney filling in tonight. On the answer, San Diego, one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So, I mean, this is incredible. One shelter in Texas, Carrizo Springs, the rate of kids testing positive for coronavirus is even higher. It's ten percent among those just among those being tested. So, ten percent. So, the numbers coming in are far higher, far higher than any kind of numbers in the general American population right now. So we are importing more cases of coronavirus with variants that we have no idea 
uh, which mutated varieties are coming into this country. Why in the world are we doing this? This makes, I don't care what side you're on, even if you're an open borders kind of person, why would you want to open the floodgates before coronavirus is contained in this country? It, it defies logic. I mean, look at the travel restrictions we have in place for Americans, and yet you can cross the border uh, and and bring in whatever you whatever you're bringing in. So all of this is complete madness. Love to hear your thoughts about this, and we're going to have more audio coming up as well. Actually, you know what? We have another clip, and we have time to play it. So let's play clip number two now, DJ Potato Skins, because we have uh, we've got one here. Let's hear it. Thank you for willing to do it. Um, now we're going to get down to business here. And, uh, and uh, Ron, who am I turning this over to? Well, I, well uh, thank you very much, Mr. President. I think it's uh, time for the press, our friends in the press to leave, though. Thank you. <laughs> so I think that kind of underscores the frustration that reporters who are normally very friendly with that administration feel. Uh, when they're not in a position to be able to ask the questions they would like, and when it's a struggle to get through a single hour of this. Can you imagine from here Joe Biden holding another press conference? Can you imagine him doing this? Again, I cannot. I will tell you right now, I bet this will be the first and only press conference of Joe Biden's very, very brief presidency. What say you? One eight eight eight. 344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. And much more ahead as we continue the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego with Brian Maloney filling in. Don't miss a moment of it coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. The eve of his first solo press conference as president. A few minutes ago, somebody shouted out to him, how are you getting ready for the press conference? And he said, what press conference? My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Yeah. So that I mean, that is even more of how weird and surreal all this has become and how I think it leads to a situation where our foreign allies lose confidence in America's position as a one time leader. And what future in that capacity that we have, I have no idea. This is the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. one 344 1170 If you'd like to join us, one 888 344 1170 And so the CEO of Gallup, uh, which is a very liberal pollster, I mean, not, no one would accuse Gallup of being conservative in any way, shape, or form. Their polls always skew toward Democrats. We've seen this year after year, going back decades. Yet the CEO of Gallup posted a friendly warning for Joe Biden. Roughly 42 million, I think I said 45 million earlier, so I was close, but it's 42 million people south of Texas, meaning being in Latin America, want to cross that border into the United States one way or the other. 42 million people. So there are 450 million people total in the 33 countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. 450 million. 
27% of these 450 million people want to leave their current country and go somewhere. What percentage specifically, specifically name the United States as their destination? Well, that's 35% uh, of that number. 42 million people say they want to go to the United States. So opening up the borders, opening up the floodgates subjects the United States to an influx of people, the likes of which we have never seen. And we have certainly do not have the resources at a time like this or even in any other normal time uh, to handle millions upon millions upon millions, tens of millions of people suddenly surging into the United States of America. Where would they go? Where would they live? What jobs would they take from you or from me or from anyone else at what salary and what wage. They're not going to be paid $15 an hour as the Democrat. That's what I can't figure out about the Democrats. On the one hand, they want a $15 an hour minimum wage. On the other, they want to bring in millions of people who will suppress those wages because they are willing to work for a fraction of the minimum wage and could be paid a third of that or a half of that at best. And, And that's the nature and the reality of illegal immigration come to this country illegally, you're willing to work under the table for whatever you can get, whatever you can receive. And part of the problem that we have in, in uh, places that uh, you may be familiar with, you and I, I mean, there are people who just expect to have cheap hired help. They expect to have gardeners and, and maids and cooks who work for five bucks an hour who are here illegally and are grateful to have that work. We know that part of it, but why can't we do this legally why can't we do this in numbers that make sense for this country and that's that's the fundamental problem that we have and why what biden has done has created an overnight disaster for the united states of which was completely avoidable there was no reason or need to do this especially at a time like this one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. brian maloney filling in for Andrea Kate and I, she'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry, she'll be back. Nothing to worry about there. And we have other things in the news that are also uh, both disturbing, amusing, whatever, however you want to label some of these things. But, uh, it, you know, oh, one thing I want to bring to your attention, this was uh, tweeted by Richard Grinnell, who's uh, such a great guy. Uh, he tweeted earlier tonight, the latest polling in California says, the majority of Latinos are for recalling Gavin Newsom. Now, I, he doesn't cite which poll this is. I'm going to go look it up. Uh, he just tweeted this a little while ago. Brian, this is but, somebody that I actually hope throws his name into the ring and actually decides to run for governor. I like him. Well, he yes, he absolutely would be a formidable candidate. And, you know, I don't know if you remember the Gray Davis recall. But I do very well. Really con- yes. Okay. So one thing that really concerns me about the nature of recalling Gavin Newsom because the circumstances in many ways seem so similar to me is that you've got to make sure that what replaces Gavin Newsom, because I do think that if you put this thing on the ballot, Newsom is done. I really believe it. Uh, And I think they have, I know the signatures are going to be scrutinized like nobody's business because suddenly that matters. I've heard they say they have the numbers to where enough are going to add up. Well, that's what it feels like. I mean, they're well, well over the two million marks. So I think that they probably have a cushion there to pull this off. But the bottom line is you've got to get someone better than Gavin Newsom, not end up with someone worse. And when Gray Davis was recalled, the plan was certainly not to have Arnold 
be his replacement. And I don't think Arnold was a whole heck of a lot better than Gray Davis in any way, shape, or form, despite the hope there was at the beginning. I don't think he turned out to be a good guy uh, in, in a way that anyone can argue. So I think the bottom line here, and Richard Grinnell would be a fabulous replacement, uh, but we're, you know, the campaign is going to have to come together to make that happen. I mean, someone is going to have to be ready with a real campaign here to pull this off. And if you end up with another situation like that one where you had, remember there were dozens of people who ran, I think even Ariana Huffington ran. Oh, there They're was all, quite a bit. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You remember some of the other people that ran? I mean, there were a lot. I think, of, didn't it Gary Coleman run? Yeah, you think he did? Yeah, I mean, there were people running uh, that were. It was just crazy, and you had a free for all in there. I just, I don't like the options that are currently out there. There's a couple of names, and I'm really hoping we get some more solid choices like Richard Grinnell. Well, that would be the thing, and what you don't want are retreads who have already lost past elections. And I've seen some of those names floated out there. And the bottom line is, how are they going to do any better than they did before if they didn't have? what it took. But I think the irony in all of this is when you look to what will salvage America from the situation we find ourselves in today, which is not a good one by any means, wouldn't it be ironic if the place where the solution begins is California, the last place you ever would have expected that to occur? Uh, and, And recalling Gavin Newsom is part of the way that could potentially happen as long as the replacement isn't worse. So, Hey, they always say, where goes California, so goes the nation. Well, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, who, who are the, who's running Washington, a bunch of Californians for the most part, except for Joe. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line is that's the reality that we, even Kevin McCarthy, I mean, even when you talk about the Republican side, same thing. So, I mean, California is essentially running Washington, so maybe where you attack the, the virus uh, and you create the antidote or whatever, the vaccine, um, a political vaccine, is in the state where the problem, so many of the problems have originated. I mean, I look at the world today and the political correctness and the cancel culture and everything that we have today. And where did it all begin? I mean, it all began in California. I grew up in California. Uh, I saw all of this. I was a student at UC Santa Cruz 30 years ago. Uh, I saw all of this originate there, and I saw people on the left who were very much professors. I had professors railing against political correctness at the time. They were railing against all of what has now occurred uh, because they were, I think, more classical liberals or whatever, while the students were arguing in favor of all this. And never in my wildest imagination would I have predicted that the entire nation would have fallen prey to what is going on right now. So I think all of this is really, really, we're in a really tough position here. But the more activism you can provide on the California recall issue, the better. I think that it is very, very important to do so. And I mean, I, I would definitely encourage Richard Grinnell to run. He is a very, very strong candidate, formidable candidate in all of this. Well, it's been a pleasure filling in for Andrea Tate tonight. Very much so here on The Answer San Diego. 